1 Corinthians chapter number 3. And we'd like to begin reading with verse number 1. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1. And I, brethren, cannot speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envy and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then, neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. You're God's husbandry, you're God's building. According to the grace of God which is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay, and that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Our fathers, we bow in your presence. I do thank you for the word of God. And for another opportunity that we have this side of eternity to preach your word. Now, Lord, I realize without the power of God that I'm helpless to do anything. And our Father, I just submit myself to you. And I pray, O oh God, that you would use me to bring the message that would please and honor you tonight. Speak to every heart, minister to each need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Because we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm going to bring you a message tonight on the subject of growing in grace. 2 Peter 3.18 says, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, uh, the church at Corinth was not growing spiritually. Now, they may have been growing numerically, but they were not growing spiritually, and they were carnal. They were walking after the flesh, and the Spirit of God rebukes them through the apostle for this. A number of years ago, I saw this 19-year-old uh, girl, and uh, it made an impression on me that I've never been able to get out of my mind. Uh, this girl... Uh, had not uh, grown and matured normally. She weighed, the best I can remember, less than 20 pounds. She, in many ways, was still a baby. She had to be diapered just like a baby and fed from a bottle. And uh, it just, uh, you know, had such an effect upon me that I've never forgotten that. Now, certainly, there was a medical problem because that young lady had never developed normally and had not grown. Now, 
that's expected. Sometimes we, uh, we're amazed at how, how babies grow and they don't stay babies long. Anyone's ever had one uh, knows that uh, they're just babies for a short while and they grow, very, they grow off and they mature. And this is to be expected. And if a, if a child does not grow, there's a problem. Now we take that and apply it spiritually tonight. And if we do not grow spiritually, then there's something wrong in our life. And I think sometimes God looks upon the church and he sees what I saw many years ago. A 19-year-old girl that was still a baby that had not grown, had not matured normally. And sometimes I think the Lord is grieved when he looks upon the church and he does not see the spiritual growth that uh, he has a right to expect. Now God wants us to grow and grow in grace. In fact, that's what he said in Peter, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now there's some things necessary in order to grow. Now I like to garden. I just enjoy it. Now if I had several acres, I probably wouldn't enjoy it. But I kind of like to play with it. And uh, I just enjoy seeing things grow. I don't have a very large garden. But uh, uh, you know there are some things that you learn from gardening. And God teaches you things. I think it will be open. God can teach us things in many circumstances of life, whatever your job may be. Uh, the Lord can teach us spiritual truth. Now, in order to grow, you have to be planted. Now, that's just a fact. You take seeds. As long as the seeds are dry and in the package, they're not going to grow. In fact, I have some seeds that are several year old and they may not grow even if I planted them. Uh, sometimes things happen to them. But sometimes you can plant seeds that, uh, that, are, that are years old and they'll grow. I've learned uh, that if you put them in the freezer, you can keep them almost indefinitely. The best way to keep beans or corn or whatever is to put it in the freezer. You say, well, that'll ruin it. No, it won't. I've tried it. And uh, it keeps the bugs out, and, and they will last for a long time. You can plant them uh, uh, two or three years later, and they'll grow. But, uh, uh, I, in fact, it reminds me of a story I read about uh, uh, they had went into one of the pyramids in Egypt there, and, uh, of course, that climate there is quite dry. And they'd went in there and uh, discovered these items, and, and among them they found these seeds that were two or 3,000 years old. And they took those seeds out, and they planted some of those seeds, and they said that the seeds sprouted and grew. After being that old, I was amazed at that story. You know, if God can do that with a seed, if man can discover a seed that can do that, don't you think the Lord can take care of the resurrection? That's the point that I 
that I was able to see there. God can preserve a seed. After 3,000 years, you can plant and it'll grow. And certainly he can resurrect the body. He's going to one day. But a seed needs to be planted. John 12, 24, the Lord said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone, but if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Now he's speaking in that particular scripture of his own death and resurrection. And uh, he said, I must die. And we see if you plant the seed, God is teaching us resurrection. And I believe you can learn more from that, from farming, about it than you can anything about how God does things. And there you plant the seed, and the seed goes through death, but out of that death it experiences resurrection. And there's new life in that little seed, and that life comes forth and brings forth fruit. I've told you the story about the scientist who was a Christian, he stood up before his class and he held up two seeds, two little brown seeds. And he said, class, these seeds are exactly the same. They have the same properties. Uh, they, they are the same size. They're the same weight. They look the same. Everything about these seeds is the same. He said, if I plant both seeds, he said, one of these seeds will grow and the other one will not, even though the seeds are exactly the same. Because one of these seeds was manufactured in a laboratory, and the other seed is a natural seed. And the seed, if you plant it, will grow. Because God has put in that seed something called life, and that seed will grow. And of course, he was teaching them a lesson in the resurrection. Now we need to be planted. The prophet Jeremiah, Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8, said, Blessed is a man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is, for he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaves shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. So we need to be planted. And that's what the Spirit of God does when we get saved. He plants the seed of the Word of God in our heart and it brings forth new life and the new birth. The Lord said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. In order for anything to, to bring forth life, there has to be the planting of the seed. This applies to human life, plant life, animal life. There's no life without the seed is planted. And again, spiritually speaking, the Spirit of God plants the Word of God in our heart. And 1 Peter 1.23 says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the Word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. So the Holy Spirit plants the Word of God in our hearts and we believe and are saved. And a new birth takes place, new life is brought about. So we can't grow unless we're planted. 
The point I'm making tonight is simply you have to be saved. That's the starting point. And a lot of people, they, they try to do other things before they ever get saved. But you've got to get saved first. My cousin went to church for 10 years. He gave, paid, paid his tithes, faithful to church. Everybody thought he was saved. In fact, I asked some people, is, is he saved? They said, yes. Well, yeah, I reckon. Yes, he's saved. And, uh, but you know, just because a person goes to church and just because a person ties, that don't mean they're saved. And, but I, and I noticed what I would preach, he'd give her conviction. So I asked him, and I talked to him and his wife both, and I asked him, I said, are you saved? He said, no, I'm not. Everybody thinks I'm saved, but I'm not saved. And I asked his wife, I said, are you saved? She said, yes, I'm saved. But it wasn't, but about two or three weeks later, they both got saved. Neither one of them was saved. And they both got saved. And so you have to start with the, with the new birth. And I told him, I said, I said, it's good you go to church and, and uh, it's good you give to the church and all these things are good and proper. But I said, they'll do you no good if you go to hell. If you don't get saved, they won't profit you anything. You have to be born again. And so the seed needs to be planted. Second of all, the seed needs to be watered. Now, in verse 6, uh, he said, I have planted. Now there's the planting of the seed. Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Now there must be the planting of the seed. And then second of all, there must be watering. Now, water in the Bible refers to the Word of God in John 3, 5, but it also refers to the Holy Spirit in John chapter 7 and verse 37 through 39. John 7. Let me turn there and read that to you. John 7 and verse 37 said, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Now the Lord here compares the Holy Spirit to water. And so the seed must be planted, and then the seed must have water. Now, if you plant the seed in absolutely dry soil with no moisture present, the seed still won't grow. And I'm talking about growing in grace. And so you have to have water. Now the Lord knows this, and so he gives us the Spirit of God when we get saved. The Bible said, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. And Romans 8 said, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. You don't need to be seeking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you are a child of God, you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When you were saved, you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, not only... Do we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit? 
but we need to be filled with the Spirit. Now in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9, he said, But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. And this is one of the most misused verses in the entire Bible. If I've heard this once, I've heard it uh, dozens of times. Well, the Word of God says that I've not seen, ears not heard, neither is in the heart of man things God has for us that we, oh, we can't know till we get to heaven what God has for us up there. That verse, that verse is not talking about that. Now let's look at it. He does say that, but look at verse 19. Which the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Many people, they don't bother to read verse 10. That is true. I have not seen, ear, not heard, neither have the entered the heart of man the things which God prepared for them that love him. But he goes on and says, But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. Now, if God reveals them to us, then we can know them, can't we? So don't take that verse and say, well, God says we can't know. And we can't know in our own self, but we can know if God shows them to us. There's a lot of things that I don't know or that I didn't know, but God has showed them to me when I begin to read the Bible. Now, he goes on. For what man knoweth the things of a man? Say the spirit of man which is in him, even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now that shows us what the spirit of man is. The spirit of man is that part that knows. And the Holy Spirit helps us know the things of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for their foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Now if you read the scripture in the context, he's simply saying the natural eye, the natural ear, the natural heart can't understand the things God has for us. But he, we can know them through the Spirit of God. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit. And you know something? In studying this message, we need the Spirit of God more than we need the Word of God. Now let me explain a little further what I mean, but I'm talking about believers. We need the Word of God to be saved. And I'm not minimizing that. I'll come to that in a moment. But if we don't have the Holy Spirit of God, we can't even understand the Word of God, can we? According to the Bible. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for their foolishness unto him, neither can he know them. Neither can he know them, because they're spiritually discerned. Now let me illustrate. You take that little seed and plant it in the ground, it needs food, 
But, but it don't matter how much food it's got, you can pour the fertilizer on, you can put all the fertilizer you want to put. You give it all the food that you want to give it. But if that little seed don't have any moisture, that seed will not be able to germinate and grow and absorb food. And the point I make tonight is this. Without the Spirit of God, we cannot absorb, we cannot receive the Word of God. Now it goes together. So we need the Holy Spirit of God and the filling of God's Spirit. Ephesians 5.18, he says, Be filled with the Spirit. Galatians 5.16 says, Walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5.25, if, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And you have throughout the Bible emphasis given to the Spirit of God. In the book of Acts there, the Lord Jesus told his disciples, tear ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And if there's one thing that we need today desperately, in our churches and their Christian service and when we study the Word of God, we need the power of God. We need the filling of God's Holy Spirit. Now what is the filling of the Spirit? The filling of the Holy Spirit is allowing the Spirit of God who's already inside of us to simply direct our life to fill us and use us and direct us according to the will of God. That's what the Holy Spirit of God is. And we need it every day. We need to be filled with the Spirit of God. Now, we're not going to grow unless we're filled with God's Spirit. Unless we're watered by the Spirit of God. We need to be saved. We need to be planted. And then we need to be watered or by, by the Spirit of God. We need to be filled and endued with the power of God's Holy Spirit. And I'm going to tell you something. When you have that power of God, there's a difference. Anybody that's ever tried to witness in their own strength and then witness in the power of God's Holy Spirit, there's as much difference as daylight and dark. There's as much difference in trying to preach in the power in your own understanding, your own ability and preaching of the power of the Holy Spirit as daylight and dark. The Holy Spirit of God makes the Word of God effective. Now, if we're going to grow, we need to be planted, we need to be watered, and then thirdly, we need to be fed. Yes, we need to be fed. We need that Spirit of God and we need the Word of God. Notice what it says in verse 2 of chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. Now he said, I fed you, I served you off on milk. And that's about as far as you got. Now if all of us come in tonight with a bottle, sucking a bottle, they say, man, that's the craziest bunch of people I've ever seen in my life. It'd probably be on... Uh, national television. Marion Pastor gets up and preaches to his church and everybody takes their bottle out and starts sucking their bottle. 
<laughs> well, we think of that, that uh, that'd, be, uh, that'd be awful. And yet spiritually, sometimes that happens. He said, I fed you with milk and not with meat. Now, we need to start off on milk. First Peter 2, verse 2 and 3. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. If so be, you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Now, a baby, we think nothing of a baby sucking a bottle. That's normal. You saw a five-year-old baby with a chicken leg, you'd say, you're going to kill that baby. Get that thing out away from that baby. <laughs> that baby needs milk. Baby don't need anything but milk in these uh, early days. And, uh, but then, again, if you had a six-year-old uh, going, uh, going to first grade, sucking a ball, now that would be strange too. Uh, so he says, we desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. You know, it's normal for a baby to want to eat, isn't it? That's the first thing they want to do is eat. <laughs> and that's normal. Baby doesn't want to eat. There's something wrong with it. Preacher don't want to eat. There's something wrong with him. <laughs> uh, it's normal to want to eat physical food. And we ought, to, we ought to want to eat spiritual food. Now he said, you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Maybe I can illustrate tonight. I don't know if we have anyone here old enough or not. But the mothers of days gone by, there was a time when there was no such a thing as baby food. You didn't go to the store and buy baby food. Brother Payne back there makes baby food, or works where they do anyway. And, uh, but there was a time when you didn't go to the store and buy baby food. And when the little baby got old enough to start taking something besides milk, the mother would chew it up and get it chewed up real good and moist and stick it in the baby's mouth and the baby would eat it. You say, oh, some of you might ate that. <laughs> and she'd touch that palate with that chewed up feet and that little, uh, that chewed up food. <laughs> feet. <laughs> I really messed up, ain't it? <laughs> I don't know what that'd be like. <laughs> but uh, the baby learned to, learned to enjoy that food. Now, I grew up in the country, back in the hills, and uh, uh, I like country food. Uh, that's what I learned to eat when I was growing up, and that's what I like. And whatever you taste, you learn to eat and you learn to enjoy. And that's what God's teaching us here. As newborn babes desire the sin circumstance of the Word, He said you've tasted that the Lord is gracious. You get a taste of that, and you say, I like that. I like that. And that's the way babies are. You stick that baby food in there, and they, they say, mm, I like that's good. Stick something in there they don't like. Ugh! that out of my mouth. What we need, you know, you can't grow unless you're fed. And sometimes children, you know, they, they, need to, they need to learn to eat some things they don't like. There's things I can't stand today. 
Uh, most of you know I don't like pineapple. And I get a lot of kidding around here over, over the pineapple. Someone said it's going to be on the tree of life. I said there won't be no such thing. Because pineapple grows in the ground. It doesn't grow on a tree. But anyway, pineapple's fine if you like. I just, you know, back when I was a kid, I don't, we, we didn't grow pineapples in the mountains. <laughs> so I never learned to eat it. And a lot of things I never learned to eat, so I never learned to enjoy it. But if I'd have been taught to eat those things back then, I could probably eat them now. And so the point I'm trying to make tonight is sometimes the Word of God, uh, you know, it's not always something we really like. It, but it'll help us. It's good for us anyway, isn't it? Now Jeremiah 15, 16 said, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. And we have to be fed. Now, if you plant seed, you have to feed the seed. Everything has to eat to grow. It has to eat something. And some ground is very fertile, and it, you don't have to put into fertilizer, you don't have to put anything, but that's not so. And this, I ain't never found any like that. There may be some around. But the ground around here, you have to fertilize it. You have to lime it or whatever you need to do. You have to feed it. Those plants have to eat. They have to, to, to have food in order to grow. And we need to have food. We need the Word of God in order to grow. And we're not going to grow without God's Word. Now, the more God's Word you eat, the fatter you get <laughs> spiritually. And the... Uh, uh, we need to grow uh, in the Lord. Now, a fourth point is, and this goes along with the message I preached this morning, we, in order for something to grow, it needs to have light. It needs to have light. I preached on light this morning. Now, you can't grow a garden in the dark. <laughs> it's got to have light. Uh, and uh, for the plant to uh, you know, to do all it does. I used to know all that stuff back when I studied science, but uh, what do they call that? Photosynthesis? Is that the correct term? And uh, uh, it has to have light. The plant must have light in order to grow, and, and everything needs light. And uh, we need to have light. Now, Ephesians 1 talks about the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Ephesians 5, 8, For you were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Turn to 1 John 1. 1 John chapter 1. And uh, we'll look at a few verses there. 1 John 1. 1 John 1, 5. Page 1321, 1 John 1, 5. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, 
cleanses us from all sin. You know something about uh, plants? They will grow toward the light. You take a plant and set it in a windowsill, and it'll grow toward the sun, toward the light. And you turn it around, and it'll turn back. It'll grow. It'll, it'll turn around and grow back toward the sun because it needs that light to grow. Now in the wintertime, we have some plants set out on the carport in the summertime, and they grow better out there because they get more light. And of course, this with light, with the sun, there's more, more warmth, and they grow better. In the wintertime, I put them in the basement, and they don't get as much light, and they don't grow. In fact, this one plant, it just, it just about dies. <laughs> and in the spring, you can, it gets warm enough, you can put it out there, and it'll start fertilizing it, feed it some, and it'll start growing right back out because it has light. And we need to walk. God, he says here in, in uh, verse 7, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, it has to do with our Christian walk. And we need to walk in the light of truth and God's will in order to grow. Now we walk according to this world and we follow this world system and we walk around in the darkness. We're not going to grow, are we? We stay in the darkness. We're not going to grow. We've got to have light. That's why people need to be in church. People, people out of church, they don't grow. I want to be around God's people. I want to be around Christian people. I want to be around light. Don't you want to be around the Word of God? I want to be around Christian people. I want to be in an environment that produces growth where there's a lot of light. That's what God wants in our life. And if, we're, if, if that's not so, we're not going to grow like God wants us to grow. Just like the plants, they won't grow without light. And we won't grow unless we're exposed to a lot of light. The more light we get, the better it is for us. Now, my garden, my corn don't do real good because corn likes a lot of sun, and it don't get a lot of sun. My garden, it gets sun part of the day, about half of the day, and then the rest of the day it's shaded. So it don't do as good as it could, especially the upper end of it because it don't get as much sunlight. And the part that gets more sun, it grows better because the more light it gets, the better it grows. Everything else being what it ought to be, it grows better. And God wants us to grow. Are we growing? Are we growing in grace and knowledge? He wants us to grow. Final point is this, and this is the most important point of all, and that is, if we're going to grow, you have to abide in the vine. Now, that's a very simple truth, but it's, it's, a, it's a profound truth. You've got to abide in the vine. Verse 9, the Bible said in, in 1 Corinthians 3, we are laborers together with God. You're God's husbandry. You're God's building. He said there in verse 6, I have planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. I don't care how much, I don't care how much you fertilize the, 
whatever you're growing there, how much you water it, care what you do, you cut off from the vine, and that's the end of it. Now my tomatoes, I prune my tomatoes. I mean, you grow tomatoes and they just start putting suckers out everywhere, you know. If you want big, juicy tomatoes, you've got to keep them cut off. Cut them off. Cut them off. Pitch them out of the garden there. And that's the end of them. Plants still growing, still getting food, still getting water, still getting light. But that sucker is, is finished. <laughs> it's through. As long as it's hooked up to the vine, it'll grow. But the moment... It's cut off from the vine. It will not grow. Now turn to John 15, and we'll look at this briefly, and we'll be through. John 15, you've got to abide in the vine. Now I'm not talking about holding on to salvation here, and neither is the Lord. And, uh, but there's a great truth here. The Lord says in John 15, I am the true vine, my father's husbandman. Every branch of me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it. It may bring forth more fruit. Now you're clean through the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me, you can do nothing. What a great statement. If a man abide not in me, is cast forth as a branch and is withered. Men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. He talks about bearing fruit. He talks about bearing more fruit and then much fruit, but the the, the whole thing is sitting around abiding in the vine. You know, I studied this, and God, God helped me understand this. You know something about a, a vine or a tree? You know, there's a great truth. That is that the branches don't hold up the tree or the trunk, but the trunk holds up the branches. And Jesus, he's the trunk, if you will, and we're the branches, and we're completely dependent upon him. If we're going to grow, we're going to produce any fruit, it's going to be God working through us. Because you cut that limb out of the tree, and that's, the limb is finished. And the tree goes right on growing. So, Jesus is not dependent upon us, but we certainly are dependent upon him. And we're not going to grow unless we abide in Jesus. Hooked up to the main stem or the main trunk of the vine or the tree, so that the nutrients can flow through that trunk out to those branches 
and into the fruit. Now the branches, really they don't produce fruit, do they? They bear fruit. Who produces the fruit? Jesus produces the fruit. Galatians talks about the fruit of the Spirit. We don't produce the fruit because that branch can do nothing. He said the branch cut off and burn. That's the end of the branch. As long as that branch hooked up to the vine, then the nutrients flow out of the soil up through those root, root system, up through that trunk, out those branches, and into that fruit. And the branch is just there to bear the fruit. Now that's what God wants in our life tonight. He wants us to grow and to produce fruit. Much fruit, more fruit. He said he prunes it so it'll produce more fruit. Anybody's ever done anything with trees? You can't just plant them and let them go. I don't know nothing you can do that way. I planted some uh, Christmas trees years ago, and I thought you'd just plant them, and several years you'd go back, and there would have to be your trees. But, boy, I, did I learn. It's not that way. It's a lot of work. You really got to work at it, and more than I can do. But anyway, we are dependent upon Jesus Christ. You want to grow? You've got to be planted. You've got to be saved. You need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit. We need to be watered by the Spirit of God. We need to be fed by the Word of God. We need to walk in the light of God. And we need to abide in the vine and draw our strength from Him and not head out and say, I can do it. I can do it. I'm on. No, we can't. You go out there and knock on the door without the power of God, you'll find out how helpless and what a big failure you are because I've done it. And I hunt for something to say and wonder what to say and, and what I say don't make a lot of sense and, and no power. But boy, I'll tell you, when I can go in the power of God's Holy Spirit, I, I like it as about as good as anything I've ever done. I just enjoy it when the power is there how we need that power of God, how we need to draw our strength from Him. Let's bow our heads, please.